0: So welcome, everybody. Merry Christmas on this uh, Christmas Day um, celebration of the Holy Christ being born in us today. All right. We're going to celebrate as best as we can. I hear birdies.
1: (laughs) They're outside.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to mute the birdies. And Lynn, too. (laughs) All right. Just a reminder, if you're speaking try to remember to turn your microphone on. And then when you're done, try to remember to turn your microphone off. That way we won't get too much feedback or get ourselves in too much trouble. I'm gonna start with a reading on page 251 in the text, 251 in the text. And um, as usual, I'm gonna work up toward uh, a meditation, an opening meditation. Hopefully I'll remember. Sometimes I get carried away. (laughs) totally forget the meditation and Jesus knocks me on the head later and said you know what you forgot but uh today we're gonna um eventually look at lesson 303 which was um one of those short lessons in the back of the workbook that Helen took down around Christmas time and uh the holy Christ is born in me today so a couple of running themes in that is the idea of uh, as in the title, the idea of Christ born or reborn. Um, The Course uses the word um, born again about 10 times, rebirth um, about 10 times, Um, reborn (laughs) about 20 times. Anyway, you add them all up and you get, Jesus is talking about this experience of having the Christ consciousness the awareness that our, of our true identity is Christ being reborn within us um, and it talks about it probably more than 45 times in the in the throughout the whole course so it's it's a pretty fairly strong running theme and it's certainly a strong theme at christmas time when we're looking at um, at celebrating at our best at our holy spirit best that birth of the awareness every day of Christ internally in us, that that is our identity. And we can share in that identity with each other. And so um, one of the places he talks about this idea of of born again is on page 251 in the text. This is chapter 13, section 6. Chapter 13, section 6. Uh, Lynn's up there twice that's pretty amazing (laughs) and she's not even there in either one (laughs) so um, chapter 13 section 6 this is finding the present the only place we can find Christ is in the present and what he's going to emphasize here is is as we go through a a normal ego day we're hanging on to the past we're um, hanging on to the way we've been victimized in the past Uh, And we're basically, we're taking that awareness of potential victimization, and we're overlapping that fear onto the present, and then eventually into the future. At the top of page 251, this is actually paragraph two at the top, line four, he says, for the past can cast no shadow to darken the present, unless, unless you're afraid of the light. So in terms of course, metaphysics, we took our awareness of the Christ and basically tossed it out the window. When we stepped into believing, we actually separated from heaven, separated from God, our father. And then on top of that, we made ourselves afraid of that awareness, afraid of the light, afraid of that experience of realizing we are still one son of God and still in that oneness, we're still holy and innocent. So we got ourselves, we made ourselves believe that it was a fearful thing to go back to. And of course, we're not walking around in time and space aware of that. In fact, um, we're not aware of that at all. When when we're having a a quote unquote healthy ego day, we're not aware that we've pushed the light away, that we've got ourselves afraid of it. Now we're blaming our lack of peace throughout the day on somebody or something else. That's what judgment's for. It's to take this responsibility for our own internal pushing light away, making ourselves afraid of it. And then we believe our bodies running around in a world where bodies do really not so nice things to other bodies. So in this opening line, line four at the top of page 251, the path can cast no shadow to darken the present Unless we're afraid of the light and and we don't admit that's what's going on. And only if you are, i.e. afraid of the light, and only if you are, would you choose to bring darkness with you and by holding it in your mind, see it as a dark cloud that shrouds your brothers and conceals their true identity from your sight. So it's a lot of work. We believe we left heaven and then we make up a story. We did a terrible thing. Then rather than let go of that terrible story and we make up a whole world to project the responsibility for that on what he's saying here. We, we see it as a dark cloud that shrouds our brothers in our judgments. Throughout a good ego day, we're always looking to blame somebody for something we shroud them in darkness we shroud them in our in our judgments and then we conceal their true reality as the son of god from our sight and we keep our own unawareness that we're the son of god also from ourselves so when the, when the course talks about born again it's the born it's the reawakening it's the rebirth of our awareness that we can and will in spite of our not selves, (laughs) we can and will walk in this light. We can and will wake up because everything else is just simply made up and we'll eventually let it go. So then paragraph three, goes on, the darkness is in you, it's not in your brother. The good news is the darkness is made up. The darkness about our brother was certainly made up because it wasn't his darkness that we were upset about but it was the darkness in ourselves that we projected onto him. And then that darkness was made up too. So the darkness is in you, it's not in our brothers. And the good news is the darkness isn't in in us either. It's just simply all all a belief system that we bought into. The Christ as revealed to you now has no past. It's the ultimate be here and now trip. (laughs) Remember the old Be Here and Now, the square purple book from the old days. <laughs> uh, what was his name, wrote it? Um, he just passed away recently. Ram Dass. yeah, Be Here and Now, yeah. So, I mean, the, the course is all about having this experience of being here now by letting go of the darkness in our brothers first, and then finally letting go of the made up darkness in ourselves. That's what it means to be born again. The Christ as revealed to you now has no past. For he is changeless, and in his changelessness lies your release. For if he is as he was created, there is no guilt in him. There is no darkness. There's no reason to run around judging anybody. No cloud of guilt has risen to obscure Christ, our true identity, and he stands revealed in everyone you meet because you see him through himself. So one of the ways to look at being born again is in any given moment, am I looking to blame my brother for something or am I looking for the Christ in him? My brother is simply a mirror of what's going on internally in me. Jesus does not expect us to believe that or even buy that, but he at least is asking us to recognize that our brother, what if it's true that our brother is simply a mirror of what's going on inside of me? So if I see darkness in him, if I see, you know, in time and space, people do bad things, but if I'm reacting to that seeming bad, it's not his bad that I'm reacting to. It's my own internal darkness that I'm reacting to. So if I'm willing to see Christ in him, he's a reflection of me, then I'll see my, the true reflection of, my, of our true joined identity as one son of God. I will see that innocence. So he goes on, line five, paragraph three, I'm on page 251 in the text, 251 in the text, uh, paragraph three. Line five, to be born again then is to let the past go, especially all the judgments we're carrying with us from the past, what people did or did not do to us. All the resentments we're carrying from the past. To be born again is to let the past go, especially those judgments, especially all those resentments and look without condemnation upon the present. The cloud that obscures God's son son to you is the past. That's where we get our judgments from. Look what people did to me in the past. Look what they didn't do that made me feel terrible. And now we're constantly overlaying that onto the present and we're saying people are going to do it again. They're going to do not so nice things to me and I really need to be careful. And I'm definitely not looking for the Christ in you. (laughs) And I've totally forgot I've stopped looking for the Christ in me. That's what judgments are for. To be born again is simply like to, to begin to let go of those judgments. That are keeping me locked in this past experience of look what they did or didn't do to me. So to be born again is to let the past go and look without condemnation upon the present. We're kind of getting all Christian fundamentalists here. We're talking about being born again. <laughs> but from Jesus's point of view, it's a little bit different than what the the fundamentalists think it is. And, and we're also going to start talking about angels, too. This is going to get pretty Christian. <laughs> we're going to be born again. We're going to invite the angels in. Uh, you know, it's going to be a pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It'll be pretty good. Yeah. Um, To be born again is to let the past go and look without condemnation upon the present. Line six, the cloud that obscures God's son to you is the past. And if you would have it past and gone, you must not see it now. We have to be willing to lay down those judgments that we're carrying from the past. If you see it now in your illusions, all this stuff we're making up. It has not gone from you, although it is not there in reality. Jesus is real emphatic through the whole course. We're just making all this up. And he's always asking us, what's the purpose for doing that? Yeah, you know, the, the course says over and over, the world isn't real. But the purpose is what's important. The world was made as an attack on God. The world was made as a place where God could enter not, as long as I'm listening to the ego as my teacher, as long as I'm not looking for the Christ in you, but I'm looking to lay the blame for my lack of peace on somebody or something. That's the illusion. My internal guilt isn't real. And then having to project that all the time and point the finger at somebody else for my own lack of peace is the illusion. Illusion built on illusion. For if you see it now in your illusions, the past has not gone from you, although the past isn't even here. Most of us would agree that in time and space, the past is gone. Jesus goes on to point out the past doesn't even exist. (laughs) We made that up too. (laughs) The weird thing is we got to keep making up the past every second, which is kind of a quantum leap, but don't worry about that right now. (laughs) Just just realize on some level we're hanging on to the past and we've made it very real and we're projecting it onto the present moment. If, If I'm not feeling peace right now for any reason, it's only because of that. To be reborn is to let the past go. Paragraph four, time can release as well as in prison, depending on whose interpretation of it you use. Is the ego my teacher? Who's going to interpret the past, past time? Look what they did to me. That's why I'm a mess. <laughs> Look at my childhood. <laughs> Look at what my, you know, loved ones did to me when I was trying to be nice. (laughs) Time can release as well as imprison, depending on whose interpretation of it you use. So if we use the ego, we're going to be judging like crazy. If we use the Holy Spirit, we're going to have a whole different experience of the here and now of seeing Christ in our brothers and equally realizing Christ is us too. line 2 past present and future are not continuous unless you force continuity on them so i mean there is no past there is no future from jesus's point of view there's only the now there's only the here and now but if if we make up a past and then we think we're kind of sort of in a present and then we make up a future then we're all like freaked out making the future plans so that I don't get as hurt as much as I did in the past. My safety and security is a little bit stronger than it was when somehow in the past. So we are the one that's forcing continuity on them, past, present and future. But do not be deceived and then believe that this is how it actually is. There's only the here and now. We just constantly are making up a past, present, and future. For to believe reality is what you would have it be according to your use for it, for to believe reality is what you would have it be according to your use for it is delusional, is made up. You would destroy time's continuity by breaking it into past, present, and future for your own purposes. Yeah, I'm separate, but it's not my fault. Yeah, I'm not at peace, but look what they did to me. You would anticipate the future on the basis of your past experience and plan for it accordingly. Yet by doing so, you're aligning past and future and not allowing the miracle, the miracle of being in the here and now. Which would intervene between the past and the future to free you to be born again, released from the past. Release from a, a, a future of fear. Line f- paragraph five, the paragraph enables you to see your brother without his past and so perceive him as born again. We don't have to go around saying the past is real. In fact, you'll get a little crazy. <laughs> you could probably get a little crazy if you go around saying that because obviously nobody is walking around in a body believing the past isn't real. You don't want to go around saying the past isn't real. You do want to go around asking Jesus to help you see your brother without judgment. That will eventually help us let go of a past that doesn't even exist. Born again, released from the past. And then paragraph five, line two, your brother's errors are all past. And by perceiving him without those errors, you are releasing him. We're the one that judged him. We're the ones that let go of our judgment on him. The way we we save our brother is simply by stop condemning him with all of our judgments. We're the ones that condemned him, We're we're the ones that can stop condemning him with the help of the Holy Spirit. And since his past is your past, line three, you share in this release. Our brother is simply a reflection of our, of our past if we're looking at him through the eyes of the ego. He's a reflection of the here and now if we're looking at him through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, let no dark cloud out of your past obscure him from you for truth lies only in the present and you will find it, truth, if you seek it in the present a present experience. I'm willing to see you the way Jesus does right now. I'm willing to see you the way, way the Holy Spirit sees you right now, without a past, without sin, without judgment. Any, any questions or comments about that? It's really the whole course. In a nutshell, (laughs) every paragraph is the whole course in a nutshell. (laughs) Why do you give us 1,300 pages of (laughs) paragraphs? Any anything? Anybody want to (laughs) fight with Jesus on his birthday? No, (laughs) it's probably not a good idea. (laughs) It doesn't sound appropriate. You can fight with me, though. (laughs) Go ahead, Lynn Altman. Are oh, you're still on mute, Lynn. I don't
2: know where the last few uh, weeks, it seems time has been coming up more and more in the passages that we've been reading about. And I feel like um, this morning, um, I'm starting to really um, get that nothing happened. Mm. I, I mean, that that when we're talking about the past, we're talking about something that didn't happen that I'm bringing into the present as though it did happen. And that connection, I, I just haven't, I just haven't had that in this, in this way. So it feels really, you know, that, that whole be here now, I have hated that from the day I first heard it. It's like easy for somebody else. It's just never, ever, ever been possible for me to be here now. And today, with this, I'm, I have the, the beginnings of believing that I can make that uh, shift with Jesus's help. Um, that, it, that it isn't, whatever the fear I was, was somehow taking what was past and it needed attention. Something needed to be done about it. And if I didn't, then the future was just gonna go to hell in a handbasket just like the past has. And there's there's something about that process of bringing cause and effect together and then connecting it with the past and the present and the future. It's just, I don't know, this is, this is truly um, a, a great Christmas. And thank you so much for everyone. Thank you all. <laughs> Yay.
0: Thanks, Lynn. This whole born again theme is right in the middle of chapter 13, which is all about the way we carry our internal guilt, the way we project that guilt on our poor brother and how it's always guilt is the problem, but the problem's all made up because the guilt's all made up. And, you know, we, we go through a day thinking, well, I'm going through a day. I got to go to work. <laughs> I got to take care of my family. I got to keep a roof over my head. have something decent to eat, et cetera, et cetera. But if I'm doing that with the ego, I'm not being born again, (laughs) I'm looking for trouble and I'm looking for somebody to blame based on what worked in the past and based on what didn't work. That's why the the, the lessons in the workbook are really um, uh, directed at helping us wake up to how often we judge In ego mode, we're judging every second. We don't call it that, but that's what's really going on. And Jesus wants us to look at and be aware of that. All these voices in our head, watch what they're doing. (laughs) Watch how crazy we are when those voices are going off about what seems to work and what seems not to work, whether I'm on the job or I'm in traffic or I'm in relationship with my kids or my spouse or whatever. So part of it is waking up to how often we are judgmental. And then part of it is waking up to the price I'm paying for being that judgmental all the time. It's relentless hell. It's not fun. <laughs> it's just not fun. And, and so you know we're, coming, we're, we're getting to a place to be born again and released from the past is we begin to realize how much we're hanging on to the past. And making up a future based on what seemed to work and what didn't work in the past. We're not outright calling a judgment, but certainly Jesus is through the whole course. We're judging the hell out of everything, every second, trying to figure out what's going to work for best for us, special love relationships. And what I got to keep away so I don't feel bad, special hate relationships. And in time and space, as bodies, that's, that's fine. That's what bodies do. But if I could see my brother, where he's going to get to later, beyond his body, beyond all the blame I'm laying on his poor body, I'll have a whole different experience of him. And ultimately, I'll have a whole different experience of myself. I won't be laying the past on him and I won't be laying the past on me. Yeah. I have to let my cat out. He's freaking out, I'll be right back. (laughs) Jesus had to wait for the cat. (laughs) Oh well. (laughs) I wanted to uh, look at page 418 in the uh, text. This is in chapter 19. It's an really interesting the way Jesus throws some of these things in there. So this is chapter 19. This is the obstacles to peace. This is the third obstacle to peace. Our, our attraction to death It's not a very happy section. <laughs> and suddenly he talks about the babe. So he starts talking about the babe of Bethlehem right at the end of this section. It's like, what's that got to do with death? <laughs> what's that got to do with fear of death? What's that got to do with our attraction to death? So it's an interesting little <laughs> like insertion here where he, he starts talking about our our newborn purpose to release ourselves from this fear of death and just under the surface our attraction to death. So paragraph nine on page 418. This is chapter 19. I'm in section four page 418, paragraph 9, the fear of death will go. The fear of death will go, will disappear, will begin to evaporate as its appeal is yielded to love's real attraction. In in, a not very nice, subtle way here, (laughs) Jesus is telling us we're not really afraid of death, we're, we're actually attracted to it. So don't worry about that now. <laughs> That's a whole different heavy-duty topic. If you're not familiar with this section, it's a real rough section, but Jesus is trying to get us to wake up to what we're doing as egos. But he, he's talking about the solution for this, this, this um, unconscious attraction to this really weird stuff that we're attracted to if the ego is our teacher. We're not admitting the ego is our teacher, and we're not admitting we're attracted to this really weird stuff. That's why he's trying to get us to wake up to what we're doing when we're in ego mode. How much we're imprisoned by the past. So, he goes on. Line two, the end of sin, which nestles quietly in the safety of your relationship. He really emphasizes here and in other places that the way we're born again is in our relationships with each other. This is where the, the, the born again experience takes, takes place. I'm, I'm freed from sin. I'm freed from laying sin on you and I'm freed from laying sin on me in our relationship because otherwise I'm using our relationship whether I admit it or not usually I don't, to judge you, to blame you, to say you're the reason I'm not at peace right now. So the end of sin, which nestles quietly in the safety of our holy relationship with each other, protected by our true union with our brother and ready to grow in a mighty force for God, is very near. Well, that's pretty good news for Helen, even though she had to write like another (laughs) 900 pages. (laughs) She probably thought, oh, I'm almost done here. (laughs) I don't have to write too much else. But anyway, Jesus says it's very near when we're willing to see the Christ in our brother as much as and then we're willing to see, see and experience the Christ in herself. That's how near it is. That's how immediate it is in any given relationship. We can have that experience right now. The Holy Christ is born in me today in my relationship with you, in my relationship with Lynn, in my relationship with all of my seeming stuff. The Holy Christ is born in me today. The experience of being born again is happening in our relationships, if we allow it, if we invite the Holy Spirit into them. then he goes on, the infancy of salvation, he starts talking about this newborn experience, this this new experience of of beginning to feel some sense of hope, some sense of salvation, some sense of, I don't have to judge you like crazy anymore. The infancy of salvation is carefully guarded by love, preserved from every thought that would attack it, and quietly made ready to fulfill the mighty task for which it was given you. Your newborn purpose, to see Christ in your brother instead of condemnation. Your newborn purpose is nursed by angels, cherished by the Holy Spirit, and protected by God himself. How can we lose? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is like money-back guarantee, <laughs> that you can't go wrong if, you, if, if we are willing to see Christ in our brother. And we can only go wrong if we're not. (laughs) You wanna be right or happy. Do I wanna be right or happy? I always get sarcastic and say, I wanna be both. (laughs) I wanna be happy because I'm right. (laughs) Nah, Jesus is like, nah, (laughs) you can't do that. (laughs) If you're insisting you're right and you're happy, then you you can't be happy. (laughs) It's good thing to be wrong. wrong about who we who and what we think is, is driving us crazy and wrong about ourselves that we did not leave heaven. It's good to be wrong and happy um, he goes on let's see oh yeah paragraph 10 line five in its tiny hands he's talking about this th- this image of this newborn awareness. This newborn experience of seeing Christ in our brother and Christ in ourselves in its tiny hands it holds in perfect safety every miracle you will perform held out to you the miracle of life is ageless born in time but nourished in eternity behold this instant behold this infant behold this newborn experience to whom you gave a resting place by your forgiveness of your brother, letting go of all the judgments we were laying on him and see in it, the will of God. Here, here is the babe of Bethlehem reborn. And everyone who gives him shelter, the babe of Bethlehem, this newborn experience of, of, of this awakening awareness that we're all still okay in christ we are we are still the christ everyone who gives him shelter will follow him not to the cross not to death but to the resurrection of the life the real waking up any thoughts or questions about any of that Go ahead, Lynn.
2: I hesitated to say something, but this is such a nice contrast to the egos retaliation that gets mentioned about, you know, how vicious it is. It feels like this is the first time I've heard that there really is. I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing that there really is help for this change of mind that we're making that that I'm I mean, I. I know I keep getting told I'm not alone, but I, I hear it in these words in a way that's, that makes it seem real to me. So anyway, that's just, I was going to say, anytime I hear anybody talk about the ego's retaliation, I want to remember page 419, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So we're not just left with how, how difficult the job
0: is. Your newborn purpose is nursed by angels. Look at all the angels on the screen. <laughs> They're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then, then you got all those invisible angels all around you too. <laughs> yeah, we're we're rocking and rolling when we're doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Let's uh let's actually look at lesson 303 <laughs> before I I forget, half more than halfway into the class to do it. <laughs> um this is lesson three hundred three on page four fifty one. And uh, Lynn Altman, you're on such a roll. You want to read that, and we'll get quiet for a little bit. <laughs> oh, three right or yeah.
2: no? three on three oh see i was on the wrong page
0: page 451 451 oh, I don't you don't know. want to read the wrong lesson on jesus's birthday you <laughs> might take it personally oh,
2: no, that, no that's great thanks very much uh the holy christ is born in me today watch with me angels watch with me today let all god's holy thoughts surround me and be still with me while heaven's son is born. Let earthly sounds be quiet and the sights to which I am accustomed disappear. Let Christ be welcomed where he is at home and let him hear the sounds he understands and see but sights that show his father's love. Let him no longer be a stranger here For he is born again in me today. Your son is welcome, Father. (laughs) He has come to save me from the evil self I made. He is the self that you have given me. He is but what I really am in truth. He is the son you love above all things. He is myself as you created me. It is not Christ that can be crucified. Safe in your arms, let me receive your son.
0: Thanks. We'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring this out. And gently, gently come back. Another one of the longer Christmas lessons that we usually go over every year uh, is lesson 182. I will be still an instant. (laughs) I will be still a holy instant and go home. Um, And we'll get to that. I wanted to do a a few readings prior to that about... um, this idea of uh, God addressing us as children. Listen 182 is unlike the whole rest of the course because it's the only place in the course where he uses capital C, child. And he uses it about 10 times in that lesson. It's not anywhere else in the course. Interesting enough, capital C child. He calls us kids a lot. (laughs) He calls us little children a lot, like, I don't know, 140 times. But that capital C child is what he's talking about in lesson 182. We'll get to that. We'll look at that. But it's certainly a reflection of what he was talking about earlier of this, this babe of Bethlehem this growing awareness inside of us that we are the Christ. That's the way the child is born, capital C child. That's the way it's nurtured. And that's that's what we need to stay, begin to be consistent about taking care of that child. So he gets into all that in lesson 182. First, I want to look at all the places where he's, he's not calling his little brats, but it's close. (laughs) We're little kids throwing a tantrum for the most part when we're in ego mode. So page 218 in the text, page 218, let's see. This is in chapter 12, and I'm going to look at paragraph four. The way to remember God is to allow this little child, lowercase c, begin to become capital, See, child. Paragraph four, remember what was said about the frightening perceptions of little children. Well, look around, (laughs) watch the news. (laughs) If we're watching the news as little children with our ego as our teacher, we're in trouble. The frightening perceptions of little children which terrify them because they do not understand that they're illusions, that they're all made up. If the little children ask for enlightenment and accept it, their fears go away. But if they hide their nightmares, they will keep them. So Jesus, later on in chapter 27, he talks about two dreams. There's the conscious dream we're having, the world running around believing I'm a body. But then underneath that internally is the secret dream. The nightmare. The belief that I actually left heaven. I separated from my father and I'm often running on my own. A major disconnect from heaven and all the guilt that's associated with believing I did that. That's the nightmare. That's the internal nightmare. That's the one we're hiding from ourselves. We get so preoccupied with this dream, which isn't a lot of fun most of the time. <laughs> it's usually work. <laughs> Odd times it's painful, etc. There's a few good things about it, but you know, for the most part, it's rough life. But underneath this dream is the secret dream, the real nightmare that's projecting onto this one and keeping us stuck in the purpose of preserving the secret dream, the belief that we actually left heaven, and then never admit that's what's going on. So if they hide their nightmares, if they line three, if they hide their secret inner dream, they will keep them because we're hiding them from ourselves. We, we won't let them go. It is easy to help an uncertain child for he recognizes that he does not understand what his perceptions mean. It's not easy to help a kid like us <laughs> who believes that what we see is real. Children who are making judgments all the time about what they perceive as real. Yet, you believe that you do understand yours, your perceptions. We believe we're upset for the reason we think. That's lesson five. Well, it's not lesson five. (laughs) It's the opposite of lesson five. (laughs) Lesson five says I'm never upset for, for the reason I think. But the ego's lesson five is I'm always upset for the reason I think. My perceptions are right. I'd rather be right than happy. I know who the problem is and it's not me. Yet you believe you do understand your perception of things. Little child, you're hiding your head under the cover of the heavy blankets you have laid upon yourself. You're hiding your nightmares in the darkness of your own false certainty and refusing, refusing to open your eyes and look at them. Refuse. We refuse to ask the Holy Spirit for help, to see our brothers a different way. We start with the nightmare we think we're in. <laughs> and that will eventually take us back to, to the internal, the real, the real nightmare that's projecting onto this one. You're hiding your nightmares in the darkness of your own false certainty that I'm right, that I know why I'm upset, and refusing to open your eyes and look at them with the Holy Spirit. Let us not save nightmares, let us not save nightmares for they are not fitting offerings for Christ. And so they are not fit gifts for you because we're Christ too. Take off the covers and look at what you're afraid of. Only the anticipation will frighten you for the reality of nothingness cannot be frightening. Illusions cannot be frightening once we realize they're illusions. When we have a lucid dream at night and we realize whatever it is that's chasing us in our dreams isn't real, we're not afraid anymore. Even if it's still chasing us. Let us not save nightmares. They're not fitting offerings. They will not give us what we truly want. Take off the covers and look at what they are. They're just dreams. They're made up. But we need help to do that. We can't go walking around, I mean, you could try. You know, Jesus is not asking us to walk around saying this is a dream. It is, but we don't have to worry about that right now. But he's asking us to help us see our brothers without judgment. He's asking us to have a lucid dream where we, we don't have to condemn or be afraid anymore or point the finger because we know our true innocence, our true identity, is a done deal. And that purpose is nourished by angels. That, that purpose is protected by God himself. Line four, let us not delay this, for your dream of hatred will not leave you without help. And help is here. The <laughs> Holy Spirit's come riding in. sir galahad he's gonna save the day if we if we invite him come on in holy spirit we can have a great day if we invite him in learn to be quiet learn to be still remember the eagle song the album called When Hell Freezes Over because they swore they were never going to do another album. <laughs> and then the name of the album was When Hell Freezes Over. Well, Learn to Be Still is on there. It's a really nice song, song about, it's a real course like song about learning to be still in the midst of all this finger pointing that we feel obligated to do. Learn to be still. Learn to be quiet in the midst of turmoil. For quietness is the end of strife. And this is the journey to peace. And the way we learn to be quiet, the way we learn to be still is we're willing to lay down our judgments. Our judgments are what keep us crazy. They're what keep us not still. <laughs> they're, they're, they are what are driving uh, away our own peace of mind, is our own judgments about others and then ultimately about ourselves. <clears throat> Line six, look straight. <laughs> How do I look straight? Look with the Holy Spirit. Look straight at every image that rises to delay you. We just don't know their images. If we look at every image that seems to be calling for me to judge that image, and I look at that with the Holy Spirit, I'll have a whole different experience. Look straight at every image that rises to delay you for the goal is inevitable because it is eternal. uh let's uh, actually go to lesson 182 no first oh, <laughs> first page 470 in the text 470 <clears throat> paragraph 7 8 and 9 So this is where he's really emphasizing that the rebirth, the reawakening takes place. The way I'm reborn again takes place in in my relationship with you. Takes takes place in my relationships with everybody. Paragraph 7, page 470. This is in chapter 22. So in each holy relationship is the ability to communicate Instead of separate, that ability is reborn. Communication in the Course is always at the level of the mind, where I recognize I'm already joined with you at the level of the mind, internally. Each holy relationship in the mind is the ability to communicate reborn, comes alive again. Yet a holy relationship so recently reborn itself from an unholy relationship and yet more ancient than the old illusion it has replaced is like a baby now in its rebirth. It's a whole new approach to any relationship we have. <laughs> I'm going to have a rebirth in this, in this relationship. I'm going to be born again in my relationship with you. We're gonna be born again together in my relationship with you. Line three, still in this infant is your vision returned to you and he will speak the language you can understand. He is not nurtured by the something else, by the ego pretending it's a body. He is not nurtured by the something else you thought was you. He was not given there, nor was received by anything except your true self. For no two brothers can unite except through Christ. Yeah, I mean, as bodies, we can hang out all day. But if we're doing it with the ego, there's always this sense of total separation. Bodies can't join. They can hang out, but they can't really join. But the level of the mind, we're already joined. His essence is my essence. His innocence is my innocence. That's the holy relationship. It's a relationship of oneness. It's already a done deal. And that's what I'm waking up to. If I make that the purpose in my relationship with you and everything I have a relationship with, everything will change. The newborn purpose. The Holy Christ will be born in me today. The Holy Christ will be born in us today. Um, paragraph eight, think what is given you my holy brother. This child will teach you what you do not understand. And make it plain. For his will will be no alien tongue. It'll begin to make sense to us. He will need no interpreter interpreter to you, for it was you who taught him what he knows, because you knew it. He's talking about at the level of the mind, where we really do know we are already are the son of God, where we do already know we're joined as one son. Where Christ has entered, no one is alone, for never could he find a home in separate ones. Yet must he, Christ, be reborn into his ancient home, us, the true reality of us. So seeming new and yet as old as he, a tiny newcomer, dependent on the holiness of your relationship to let him live. Let him be. What did Dave Van Dyke say the other day? This is a course about being, not doing. (laughs) Letting spirit be in me. Spirit doesn't have to do anything. I just have to let it be in me. I just have to let Christ be in me. Christ doesn't have to do anything. Uh, 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 Let's see, paragraph nine. Be certain that God did not entrust his son to the unworthy. Nothing but what is part of him is worthy of being joined. And good news, we're joined already. Nor is it possible that anything not part of him can join. Communication, real communication, must have been restored to those who joined for this they could not do through bodies. The communication we share, the message we share with each other is, the son of God is guiltless. The main message the course attempts to teach. The main message that we share with each other is the son of God is guiltless and we are the son of God together. Line five, what then has joined them? Reason will tell you that they must have seen each other through a vision, not of the body and communicated it, communicated in a language the body does not speak. Nor could it be fearful a fearful sight or sound that drew them gently, into one rather in each the other saw a perfect shelter where his son could be reborn in safety and in peace can you imagine if you met somebody new in this and you you read line eight to them (laughs) in your mind (laughs) not not out loud (laughs) they might take off running (laughs) but you know you say this to yourself I would see in you a perfect shelter where our true self could be reborn in safety. That's what we share with each other. That's the only thing we can share with each other. Be reborn in safety and in peace. Such did his reason tell him such he believed because it was the truth. Any anything about that? everybody's all
3: Christmassy today and yeah. i i was just thinking about uh you know that that line is um there is no world this is the central thought this course attempts to teach and i was thinking well the way you phrased it just kind of jogged me jogged my memory about that quote and i was thinking well that, there is no guilt this is the central uh, thought the course attempts to teach yeah thanks I also had to laugh a few minutes ago when you were talking about reading the phrase about the dark, heavy, hiding under the heavy blankets. We have um, this office I'm in doubles as a guest bedroom. And uh, if I tilt the camera, you can see we have two cats and they like to make tent forts. And, (laughs) And right when you're reading that, they both had a, had a little little fracas there it had, we what we have to do is is put a pillow in between them in these little tent fort the blanket fort so that they don't fight with each other but but i was thinking how perfect the time was <laughs> anyway <laughs> the, 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 our little resident furry two-year-olds thanks under the heavy blanket so
0: they were underneath there fighting <laughs> with each other
3: that's good they <laughs> literally crawled under there as you were reading that and I, I, I was just like this is just just perfect synchronicity yeah yeah that's really good it's a <laughs> all right uh-huh. thanks all right
0: very good um there's other places <laughs> where he talks about us being children it, they're kind of let me see yeah we'll read one more <laughs> this is page
4: 633
0: um in the text chapter 30 um and he. this is uh Paragraph 2 on page 633, I'm in se- section 4, the truth behind illusions. Six. The truth behind whatever, all of these things that we've made ourselves afraid of. And this is paragraph 2, 633. The wearying, dissatisfying gods you made are blown up children's toys. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a closed box is open suddenly or when a soft and silent woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) could it be that simple? (laughs) Really, is that what the course is all about? (laughs) My rules have failed me for my toys. (laughs) Problem is our toys are pretty serious like there's sin, guilt, and fear, that's what we were playing with. <laughs> and then all that got projected onto all these other cats underneath the blanket. So, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So the rules we made to kind of protect ourselves from all those fears that we made up, they don't, they don't really work. <laughs> They're just designed to keep the fear going, keep us being preoccupied with the future. Keep us being locked and imprisoned by the past. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his control of what surrounds him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him. They broke no rules, nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. Because box, you know, boxes and bears do what they do. <laughs> They, you know, they jump, <laughs> they, they freak out, they make noises. We made up a whole world to make a lot of noise. But don't, we don't realize that uh, ultimately they're just simply toys that we made up to keep us distracted, believing they're the real thing. He was mistaken. He misunderstood what actually truly made him safe. Letting the Christ be born in us today makes us safe makes us realize we're already safe. And thought that it had left, that safety had left, that chaos ruled supreme, because my rules for my boxes and my bears was broken. My rules about all my relationships are, are violated. We draw lines in the sand and then dare each other, other to cross them. <laughs> Of course, we're going to cross them. (laughs) That's what they were made for. That's what lines in the sand are made for. Please cross this line. Don't ever admit out loud that's what we're doing, but that's what, what the real rule is. The real rule is please, you know, somehow abuse me, violate me, betray me, so I can point the finger at you instead of me. The rules for boxes and bears have failed us. Paragraph three, the gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms. He's being (laughs) really, you know, on on a good ego day. (laughs) I mean, he's talking about war. He's talking about tanks. (laughs) He's talking about protesting. I mean, he's talking about some terrible stuff. (laughs) But to him, they're just little made up just distracting toys that we made up to not look at what the real issue is. Toys in countless forms, and each toy seems to break the rules that we set for it. It never, it never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety since the rules were wrong to begin with. They were based on nothing. But you are not endangered. The real you, the real us, is not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns. They are no threat to him. Yet, while he likes to play with them, i.e. play with guilt, making different toys, the different guilty toys in this story we're making up, he still perceives them as obeying the rules he made for his enjoyment. So there are still, so there still are rules that they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet he, is he at the mercy of his own toys And can they represent a real threat to him? Well, no, you put it like that.
5: (laughs) Any, anything about that
0: stuff? Lesson 182. Charlotte, is your microphone working today?
1: Yes, I fixed it, right? Yeah. You can hear me, right?
0: All right. So you were going to tell us the other day what you used to think about Jesus. Was he the only son of God? Do you remember that? You were trying to tell us something.
1: Yeah, I was trying to say that um, I discovered... That he was uh, not God when I was about twenty, and uh, I belonged to a group. And then I broke up with the guy, and I was out of the group. And then I was lost for another thirty years.
0: I hate when that happens. (laughs) Yeah. So so how did uh how did they present that that he. was it like did they present him as an elder brother
1: yes as a brother that's good I guess it was a new age teaching Mm -hmm. and then later I found A Course in Miracles quite a bit later and then I put it down two or three times yeah maybe more
0: yeah me too (laughs) probably more (laughs) way more actually (laughs) So okay, good. thanks, Charlotte. Okay, you... I
1: know you were dying to hear that.
0: Yeah, I was. <laughs> I could tell it's going to be good. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right. Lesson 182 I'm on page 339. So one way of looking at at this, this, um, at this lesson is it's breaking, broken up basically into four little pieces. The first three, and it's three paragraphs each. So the first three paragraphs, paragraph one, two, and three, are all about E.T. phone home. <laughs> E.T. knows he's, he's an alien in this world, and he's trying to get home. So this is about E.T. phone Jesus. E.T. phone the Holy Spirit for help. This is, is, we know we're extraterrestrials here, and we know this is not home. So the first three paragraphs are all about that recognizing that this is not our home something's really wrong with this this picture all these toys we made up we don't know quite why and then the second section paragraph four through six is all about developing this and nursing this um, beginning awareness that we are one son of god that innocence still is intact and it needs our time, it needs our devotion, it needs nourishment from us. And so it's, it's, at first it's a seemingly very fragile thing that we're doing. We're willing to approach our brother as not the antichrist, we're willing to approach our brother as the Christ, a whole different ball game. And we didn't even know we were approaching him as the antichrist all the time. Until we started, you know, working the course and realizing how many judgments we were constantly making, so paragraph four, five, and six are all about nursing this newfound awareness, Go on, going going out of our way to take care of it. This is our our new child. This is our newfound purpose. And then, paragraph seven, eight, and nine are all about oh wow, you know, once we let this capital C child into our awareness, we begin to realize he's the one with all the power. He's the one with all the real strength. He's the one with all the, the real reality, if you will. This is what we've been looking for all along. And that's where he goes in 7, 8, and 9. And then finally, the last three paragraphs, 10, 11, 12, are kind of a summation of everything we've been talking about tonight. this experience of having the holy christ be born in me today right now right this second in all my relationships that i approach each of my relationships from that point of view i will be still an instant and go home because i'm already home i just don't know i'm home you know it's that kind of classic story about the monks going up the mountain And the way they get to the top is they realize they're already at the top. It just looked like they were going up the mountain. That's what the experience of Christ is like. That's what this newfound experience of allowing that awareness that we're already at the top, we're already okay. We're allowing that to begin to sink in. So what I wanted to do as a closing is just go around um, the uh, the screen and there's 12 paragraphs. So if each person takes a paragraph, uh, I'll quickly assign one, you ready? <laughs> Carol, you got paragraph one. <laughs> Arise, you have paragraph two. Jim, three. Uh, Lillian, are you there? Can we hear you, Lillian? I hope so. I love it when Lillian reads in that Portuguese accent. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to be all disappointed on Christmas. <laughs> Lillian can't get her mic on. All right, Lily, I'll come back to you. <laughs> so uh, Carol one, Maurice two, Jim three, Kathy Kosen, paragraph four, Lynn Altman, paragraph five, Lisa six, Abe seven, Steven, where am I? Nine. Does that sound right? Charlotte, 10. Osmani, 11. Oh, and Gigi gets to close it out. Gigi, you got 12, okay? All right. And don't forget to turn on your microphone because we really want to hear you. <laughs> or Jesus does anyway. <laughs> no, we, we really do want to hear you. Okay, ready? What? No, wait. Uh, I thought I
3: was eight. Does oh, anybody I have eight?
0: Did I lose count? Abe, what what number are you? Seven. Okay, you're eight. Charlotte's nine. Asimani's ten. Gigi's 11, not 12, Gigi. And then Kishore is 12. Does that sound right now? Did I do it right? One, two, (laughs) three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that's right. So we're starting with Carol, paragraph one, and we're going to end with Keyshore. And I have no idea whether your boxes are lined up the same on your screen the way they're lined up on mine, but we'll have to figure that out someday. (laughs) Okay, Carol, you ready?
4: Okay. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Lesson 182 I will be still an instant and go home. This world you seem to live in is not home to you. At, and somewhere in your mind, you know that this is true. A memory of home keeps haunting you as if there were a place that called you to return. Although you do not recognize the voice nor what the voice reminds you of, yet still you feel an alien here from somewhere all unknown. Nothing so definite that you could say with certainty, you are in exile here. Just a persistent feeling, sometimes not more than a tiny throb, at other times hardly remembered and actively dismissed, but surely to return to mind again. Thank you. Here too.
1: no one but knows where we speak. Yet some try to put by their suffering in games they play to occupy their time and keep their sadness from them. Others will deny that they are sad and do not recognize their tears at all. Still others will maintain that what we speak of is illusion not to be considered more than, but a dream. Yet who in simple honesty without defensiveness and self-deception would deny he understands the words we speak.
3: We speak today for everyone who walks this world, for he is not at home. He goes uncertainly about in endless searching, in endless search, seeking in darkness what he cannot find, not recognizing what it is he, not recognizing what it is he seeks. A thousand homes he makes, yet none contents his restless mind. He does not understand, he builds in vain. The home he seeks cannot be made by him. There is no substitute for heaven. All he ever made was hell.
1: Perhaps you think it is your childhood home that you would find again the childhood of your body and its place of shelter, and a memory memory now so distorted that you merely hold a picture of a past that never happened. Yet there is a child in you who seeks his father's house and knows that he is alien here. This childhood is eternal with an innocence that will endure forever. Where this child shall go is holy ground. It is his holiness that lights up heaven and that brings to earth the pure reflection of the light above, wherein are earth and heaven joined as one. It is this child in you your father
2: knows as his own son. It is this child who knows his father. He desires to go home so deeply, so unceasingly, His voice cries unto you to let him rest a while. He does not ask for more than just a few instants of respite, just an interval in which he can return to breathe again the holy air that fills his father's house. You are his home as well. He will return, but give him just a little time to be himself within the peace that is his home resting in silence and in peace and love.
1: This child needs your protection. He is far from home. He is so little that he seems so easily shut out, his tiny voice so readily obscured, his call for help almost unheard amid the grating sounds and harsh and rasping noises of the world. Yet does he know that in you still abides his pure protection? You will fail him not. He will go home, and you go along with him.
3: This child is your defenseless, your strength. He trusts in you. He came because he knew you would not fail. He whispers of his home unceasingly to you. For he would bring you back with him. That he himself might stay and not return again, where he does not belong and where he lives an outcast in a world of alien thoughts. His patience has no limits. He will wait until you hear his gentle voice within you, calling you to let him go in peace along with you to where he is at home and you with him.
4: When you are still an instant, when the world recedes
0: from you, when valueless ideas cease to have value in your restless mind, then you will hear his voice. So poignantly, he calls to you that you will not resist him longer. In that instant, he will take you to his home and you
3: will stay with him in perfect stillness, silent and at
4: peace beyond all words, untouched by fear and doubt, sublimely certain that you are at home.
1: Rest with him frequently today, for he was willing to become a little child that you might learn of him how strong he is, who comes without defenses, offering only love's messages to those who think he is their enemy. He holds the might of heaven in his hand and calls them friend and gives his strength to them that they may see he would be friend to them. He asks that they protect him for his home is far away and he will not return to it alone. Christ is
2: reborn as but a little child. Each time a wanderer will leave his home, for he must learn
1: that what he would protect is but this child who comes defenseless and who he is protected by defenselessness.
2: Go home with him from time to time today.
5: You are as much an alien here as he. Take time today to lay aside your shield, which profits nothing, and lay down the spear and sword you raised against an enemy without existence. Christ has called you friend and brother. He has even come to ask your help in letting him go home today, completed and completely. He has come as does a little child who must beseech his father for protection and for love. He rules the universe, and yet he asks unceasingly that you return with him and take illusions as your gods no more.
3: You have not lost your innocence. It is for this you earn. This is your heart's desire. This is the voice you hear. And this is the call which cannot be denied. The holy child remains with you. His home is yours. Today he gives you his defenselessness. And you accept it in exchange for all the toys of battle you have made. And now the way is open and the journey has an end in sight at last. Be still an instant and go home with him and be at peace a while.
0: Thanks. Thanks. We'll get quiet for a little bit. Merry, merry, merry Christmas, everybody! Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. Christmas. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas,
2: everybody. You too.